if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Bible. I am a host of the show. My name is Nate, and here with me today is Dane. Dane, don't look, uh, don't look now. But Mo Ali Cox coming on strong. <laughs> oh man, I love it. The silver lining to Bipocalypse. I did not escape unscathed this week, but I am still alive physically, uh, half dead inside but mo alley cox keeping me going keeping the pulse strong uh with a touchdown this week if you streamed him congratulations i have irrational love for that guy uh tight end that i just want to see blossom so pretty cool uh thanks for thanks for plugging that i didn't know you were going to do that that makes me feel a little better today oh yeah i was watching that and the thing is i was going to start mo alley cox in a league where darren waller was out but um it's one of the worst leagues i've ever played in and the waivers only process once at 11 a.m., uh, like every couple of days. So you can't pick up free agents. There are no free agents. So <laughs> I, I just had to, you know, sit out at a tight end. And uh, I lost by three points. So that uh, that was really tilting because oh, just no. the dumb league settings, you know, prevented me from a win. And what is a fairly high stakes league where I am four and two, now four and three. So a bit of a bummer there will not be returning to that league. Certainly make sure your league <laughs> settings make sense for the uh, members in your league, folks, if you don't want to have high rate of turnover. All right. On today's episode, we're going to have some news. We're going to get into week seven winners and sinners as always. And the waiver wire ads and any drops that we have. Dane, before we get into news, why don't you tell the folks where they can find us. As usual, media. at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and thefantasybible.com. And we are also live on YouTube Sundays at 11.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Come join us for last-minute Q&A, start-sit questions and decisions, and just general talking about football as we all panic uh, leading into the Sunday games. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's going to be a Halloween episode. Maybe we'll be dressed Ooh. up in costumes. You never know. It's a great idea. Yeah, I would I would tune in for that one. It's going to be special. We'll definitely have some, some spooky-themed uh, questions. We already did one Halloween episode. Maybe we'll have another one this Thursday. Who we knows? Know. You know, Yeah, all right. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> On the fantasy bio, except you kind of do because we kind of just told you. All right. Also, want to mention that Boomy did not have a great week, uh, five and two against the spread, but uh, can't be blamed. I mean, I think we all thought the Broncos were going to do it, uh, and they did not. Uh, the the Browns persevered. Kevin Stefanski, that offensive line, that rushing attack, can get it done seemingly against any team in the league. So uh, still five and two is better than, uh, you know, you would, you just want to be a tick above 500 and he's far above that. So we'll see how he goes into this game, which is probably the best Thursday night game we've had this, uh, this season, Dane. Packers look, and Cardinals, yeah. It does look like it. They have one loss between the two teams and we are entering week eight. That is pretty, pretty great matchup. It should be everything we hope for. Uh, there is some uh, news to be had about that matchup here in a second, but for the un- uninitiated, Boomy can be found on our Instagram at fancy Bible pod, where we display his selection on Wednesday. So you can have time to uh, place any wagers before the Thursday night game. Uh, that's at fancy Bible pod on Instagram. All right. Before we get into the news, Dan, I have a mystery question for you. It's a pretty simple one. Okay. Um, what is like the over under, you know, what point would you set at the point in this game tonight where you go to bed? Like, like, uh, are you talking like about quarter. the clock time like, left on the clock time left in, in the quarter. quarter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so normally full disclosure, I go to bed before the game, but so, <laughs> so, so let's say, let's say I was going to stay up and give it a shot. Uh, 
probably five minutes left in the second quarter. I just think that it could be just a very boring game based on Geno Smith commanding the Seattle offense. Uh, Jameis Winston throws like 25 passes at most per game. Uh, I expect Alvin Kamara to have a game. Uh, It's hard to predict any receivers for the New Orleans Saints, but I just don't think there's like a storyline that I'm wanting to follow here. I, I don't expect much from DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Chris Carson is injured, as we know, so... Alex Collins potentially heading that backfield like nothing excites me about this game really at all so yeah I would uh, I would definitely take the under there I'm not I'm not even probably going to watch this game it's just it, we're reaching the point in the season where you kind of start to unless some of these teams go in you know surprising late season runs you, you're kind of seeing yeah. who the playoff contenders are going to be especially like in the NFC or the Saints play where it's so crowded crowded with all these teams you know, at like five and one or six and oh or whatever. Um, well, I think you're seven and oh, I guess. Um, and six and one, I, I'm not doing the math, but you know, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. I, the saints would really need to, uh, persevere to, uh, make it. So it's, it's just not a, that exciting of a game as Dane already said. All right. Why don't we get into some news? All right. I'll keep it short and sweet. So Miles Sanders left the game with a sprained ankle after MRI. It's believed to not be severe, but he'll likely miss a few weeks. Wait, uh, sorry. Did you see the sleeper alert for that? Um, I, d- I did, but I don't remember the wording. Uh, it was really silly. It was like, it was like one of the weirdest worded sleeper alerts I've ever gotten. It was like Miles Sanders ankle injury. Is one of those ankle injuries that looks really bad, but it oh. turns out it's actually not as bad as it looks. And then like no other information. <laughs> and I was like, that's what? How many weeks? Tell me how many weeks. Like, Yeah. You know? That should be like a comment on the headline, not the headline. Like that's yeah. not, that's, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, up in the air, but I, I expect it to be similar to Saquon Barkley's timeline, uh, two to four weeks uh, with a low ankle sprain. If they believe it's not severe, that means they believe he avoided a high ankle sprain or a break of some kind. So he will likely be out three to four weeks is what I would guess. I don't think they'll rush him back after two, given their uh, pensions to leave him on the sidelines when they should be using him in the running game. For the well, did part. you see the, the start of that game, though? I did. He was actually used very, uh, very good first drive by him and then uh yeah the beginning of the second drive yeah it was so disastrous because like i was trying to buy miles Sanders this week because i felt like this was coming like that they were going to start trying to ride him a little bit harder and yeah they did <laughs> and yeah. uh did, did i guess too hard um <laughs> because yeah uh, but hopefully he's quick to return and uh as well i'm sure we'll talk about kenny gainwell and maybe even boston scott in the waiver portion I'm certain we will touch on that. Uh, in other news, Zach Wilson, quarterback of the New York Jets, sprained his PCL. That's in his knee for you invertebrates out there who might not know where that is located. Uh, he's out two to four weeks. So if the Jets team could look any worse, they will. Uh, Mike White. I don't know. Will- Mike White came in immediately threw a touchdown to Corey Davis. Yes, but by any analysis of his performance, he was not good. So I don't know. know. (laughs) Yeah, I just uh, don't see how it's in any way better for the team. It's going to add more turmoil. He hasn't been the one in practice getting first team reps. So it's just more growing pains for the Jets. We knew they weren't going to be great, but now they're just going to be abysmal. Here's my note on the Jets. Did you see the Robert Sala quote? I did read it. I don't remember though. Yeah, he, it was, he sounded defeated. <laughs> no, no. The, there was like one where like they were asking him if uh, if if why like why doesn't he yell at his players more because he seems so mild mannered on the on the sideline, mm-hmm. and he's like, um, if you have to be yelled at to uh, while you're like getting paid a king's ransom to play it child's game then you don't deserve to wear the logo that's actually a pretty good answer yeah, yeah. i mean it really was no i know it's, it's a dope quote i mean jets are like you know terrible team but very cool quote yeah <laughs> the quote i saw from him was like yeah we got punched in the mouth and that never really had a comeback to it or something like that yeah oh yeah i mean that game was brutal for the jets <laughs> Yeah, if the Patriots offense puts up 54 points yeah it's bad something, yeah. something's terribly <laughs> wrong yeah 
other news, Josh Jacobs left the game with a chest injury. Uh, supposedly not serious. The Raiders do have a bye this week eight coming up. So the initial thought is that he will not miss any time. That's at least, you know, the positive outlook here. It's possible he does. And Kenyon Drake had a good performance in his uh, in his stead when he left the game. Um, so we might discuss Kenyon Drake later in our draft uh, waiver wire portion. But uh, Kenyon Drake plugged on the Sunday Mass as someone that was going to have a good game. He was. He was indeed. Um, Darren Waller, keeping on the Raiders here, ankle injury that you probably had to scramble to replace him kind of last minute. Uh, his ankle injury is considered day-to-day. It's believed to be nothing is broken. So that, to me, sounds like a low ankle sprain, similar to what we just talked about with Miles Sanders, similar to Saquon Barkley. Like, the way that they said they're believing nothing is broken, that's a little concerning because they believe it's severe yeah. enough that they had to rule them out before the game, before warm-ups. And then now they're hoping it's nothing like season ending or long term where they had to put him on IR. So to me, this is two weeks without Darren Waller. Well, it's also worth noting that they, I mean, what's his face? Foster Moreau, is that the name? Yeah. Looked looked fine in his absence. Um, granted, it was against the Philadelphia Eagles, but, you know, that, that'll also, you know, they won't be inclined to rush him back if they, they have a way to substitute his production, which, you know, is obviously down already from last year. So. Uh, yeah, and uh, self self uh, shout out us on the <laughs> on the uh, Sunday Mass. We did plug Foster Moreau as an ample replacement for Darren Waller, given the short term um, notice that we would get before the game, and just based on what Foster Moreau could do in that offense, he does run some routes, not a whole lot. Obviously, Darren Waller is supreme there, but uh, you know, shout out us. That's yeah, good, right? yeah. I mean, I. Uh... CJ Azuma, we also like we, we were did. spot on. I mean, somehow tight ends did go crazy on National Tight Ends Day, but a, a lot of the names that we shouted out. Uh, so tune into that Sunday show because even though <laughs> CJ Azuma was definitely a dart throw, uh, it, it, we, <laughs> it hit still hit bullseye. Oh, yeah. And then uh, right before we decided to jump on this here podcast on a Monday afternoon, Devontae Adams Devontae tests Adams. positive for that, COVID. Yeah. So he's unlikely to suit up this week. They play Thursday night. He is vaccinated, according to reports, but ultimately the protocol, if he tests positive, he has to have two negative tests 24 hours apart. And here we are Monday evening. We just got news of him testing positive. So he would have to test negative Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday afternoon to make that flight. And uh, I don't know, actually, there might be a home game. I don't know. I think they are actually. But, but anyways, you know, there's a very small window for him to be potentially activated. So you're really hoping for a false positive test here. I don't think, I don't think he'll play. I think there's a 10% chance he'll play plan accordingly. I myself have Devonte Adams in two leagues. Very sad to see this. <laughs> I thought I was escaping the bipocalypse. Uh, well, my first round pick in two leagues is now out. So that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I have zero ownership of Devonte Adams just due to, you know, circumstances. So I'm lucky that this doesn't affect me, but I'm hoping that it affects my matchups in some degree. Um, this makes Alan Lazard, obviously we'll talk about him in the waiver wire area, but you know, his value is going to skyrocket now with Devonte Adams out and you can look forward to seeing him uh, play catch three balls for 38 yards. I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's about what I expect, honestly. Yeah. But uh, all right, are you ready again to Wizards and Sinners, or do we have any more news? I am ready. That was about the biggest news, yeah. Okay. Um, why don't you kick us off? Dearness Johnson, Thursday <laughs> night football. So some people might be doubters of this man's talent, of this man's potential in the NFL, of his fantastic performance on Thursday night football. Um, and you'd be a fool to doubt that. He had 22 carries, <laughs> <Dang>. 146 yards. <laughs> <laughs> 22 carries, 146 yards, one touchdown, two receptions, 22 yards receiving. Like, it doesn't get better as a backup running back than what he did. It it truly doesn't. And if you check out the PFF grade performance, he is like leagues above the rest of the crowd as far as what he did compared to his anticipated performance. And that yeah. includes that includes the blocking on certain plays. Like if the blocking was good, he's expected to get a certain amount of yards. He exceeded that significantly. Like 
I think he earned himself a bit more touches, at least while Kareem Hunt is out. Um, uh, word is Nick Chubb will be returning uh, this next week, week eight, at least, you know, if all things go well for him. But I believe that it's not going to be just Nick Nick Chubb all, all game. He's not going to get 20-something carries. It's going to be the usual workload for Nick Chubb, and I believe that Dearness Johnson will be in that role uh, to supplement him in that running game. So, I mean, I just love – I love these underdog stories, man. Dearness Johnson was an undrafted free agent. He was – fishing for Mahi Mahi in the Keys like uh, two years ago and then sent his tape to all these teams in um, some other league in the NFL, I forget, but uh, finally got a tryout, got on the roster, and he he made the most of his opportunity. It's just like a feel-good story, so props yeah. to him. Did you feel good watching Dearness Johnson on Thursday night? I had mixed feelings because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for our own context, I did start him in Dynasty, in our Dynasty League, but then – Nathan was trying to trade me Dearness Johnson right before, like 10 minutes before kickoff on Thursday night. And I shied away from it. He wanted Zach Ertz. And I, I do regret not making that trade. Cause I, yeah. I cause like, I might just get him back. Cause I'm like one in seven in that league. So <laughs> uh, like I, I'll, I'll be last or next to last in the, uh, in the waiver order. So it shouldn't be a problem. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that trade, I guess, you know, it's it's kind of funny, but it was fun to watch him. And I totally agree. I think he's just going to kind of fill, like, I don't know if he's going to exactly fill the Kareem Hunt role because I think they're, you know, slightly different types of runners, but I think yes. he'll still be spelling Nick Chubb in that same kind of way. And I think it's also worth shouting out that Demetric Felton looked good um, and maybe, like, worth the occasional, like, worth picking up to see if you don't win on the Dearness Johnson sweepstakes. Although, chances are he's probably picked up. Uh, we'll get the in the waiver section, of course. Um, yeah. All right. I want to talk about Kyle Pitts. Oh, yeah. That guy's good at football. Kyle Pitts looked exactly like what they expected when they drafted him. 163 yards, most yards by a tight end this season. And it's really nice to see another elite tight end enter the fantasy sphere because there's obviously a shortage of players at that position. So can't wait to overdraft Kyle Pitts next year and have him not pan out. But if you watch him, this is uh this is, this is pretty interesting. He's doing like exactly what we said he was going to do and that he's taking the majority of his snaps out wide. Um, he, he lined up as an inline tight end on eight snaps and in the slot or out wide on 34 snaps on the game on sunday so he's he's playing the julio jones role for them and uh looked pretty dang good in it on uh on sunday so yeah kyle pitts uh people who drafted him are are like obviously the miami defense is really bad i mean that that bears some weight but he's finally looking comfortable in that offense it it takes these guys a while to settle in usually it takes tight ends even longer but this guy is more of a hybrid tight end wide receiver type. Um, yeah. Uh, loving, loving what we're seeing from Kyle Pitts in, in the fantasy realm this year. Yeah, absolutely. What, what is shocking is he has become their ex wide receiver. Like it's not Calvin Ridley. Now that Julio Jones is out, you know, we all anticipated Calvin Ridley could be a top five wide receiver this year. It was pretty much consensus across the board in the industry. Calvin Ridley would pick up the slack and be a top five, maybe top, eight at worst wide receiver and it's honestly Kyle Pitts at this point he's he's their number one weapon Calvin Ridley is playing second fiddle now um don't know what's going on with Calvin Ridley he did miss a game for off the field uh personal issues uh last uh, two weeks ago in London but uh yeah Kyle Pitts is just amazing he was winning one-on-one matchups with Xavier Howard who's a top two paid cornerback in the NFL for the Miami Dolphins and he, he just made him look second rate like it was yeah. Kyle Pitts is proving that he's a talent. Like, and you know, let's let's give it up to Matt Ryan. I should have held on to Matt Ryan a little longer because he looked so bad in those first couple of games. But he did. finally, looking like you know the Matt Ryan we're used to, and uh, it looks like things are kind of starting to gel there down in Atlanta, at least from an offensive perspective. I would agree, and that is a great pivot to my winner, uh, one of my winners, Cordero Patterson. So he didn't have like a monster game for fantasy output. Uh, I, th- I believe it was. I don't know, 13 or 14 points, depending on... Everyone on the Falcons had a good game. Russell Gage, Calvin Except Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Calvin, Calvin Ridley kind of touched him. Yeah, but it wasn't like anything 
I don't know. It wasn't a week winning performance. It was just, he was saved by the touchdown. He was four for 26 on the touchdown. Like if he doesn't catch the touchdown, he's like wide receiver 50 on the week. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And of course you can't just completely write off catching a touchdown because that's important, but he's just not like involved where he should have been against the Miami. He's definitely not what you want from Calvin. Yeah. Yeah, when, When their team puts up 30 points and he's like the wide receiver 28 on the week, that's not, yeah, that's not where you drafted him. So you got to be disappointed. And I think that's why I wouldn't agree with all the Falcons were good, especially not Mike Davis. Mike Davis was abysmal. He's a draw candidate potentially uh, for later in the conversation here. I don't think so, but it's worth talking about. But anyways, back to my initial point, Cordero Patterson. Uh, he just saw a, a doubled snap share in this offense. He went from averaging about 35% snap share to 72% in this last week and he completely obliterated Mike Davis and carries and time on the field. Like I truly believe he won the backfield. And after the bye week, they come into this game using and featuring Cordero Patterson in the backfield uh, with a lot more carries than he was seeing in the initial few weeks of the season. I I just believe we've seen him win the role and it's his backfield now. I like it. Um, Yeah. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere, Cordero Patterson. Uh, all right, I guess I'll talk about then the Bengals offense in general. Um, oh, yeah. You know, like T. Higgins didn't have a crazy game, but he looked so good in that game, just making those sideline contested catches that he's known for. Went seven for 62, which depending on, you know, if you're in standard, you're not happy with that. And you're, if you're in PPR, you're pretty happy. And if you're in half PPR, it is what it is. But Jamar Chase. 15 targets T. Higgins did. 15 targets. Yeah. That's insane. So yeah, you can expect that usage. Yeah. Like they're, they're a pass first team. It's a little like, it's, it's nice that um, the offense is good enough that it puts them into enough scoring positions that Joe Mixon can eat because otherwise Joe Mixon does not get the usage you would like to see, but man, Jamar Chase, CJ Azuma. Um, it is interesting. You know, I would like to know how many uh, receiving yards uh, Panay Sewell would have had in this game. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, not a lot, not a lot. Although Penesol did get, did you see that clip of Penesol getting into a little uh scuffle little, with little Aaron, Donald? Aaron Donald? Yeah, yeah and he just kind of almost dwarfs Aaron Donald. Um, he makes Aaron Donald look small, which is crazy. Yeah, He's I think both man. teams will ultimately be happy with their picks there. But I'll admit it, we were definitely wrong that uh, you know, the, the, the Bengals are doing just fine with the Jamar Chase pick and the uh, the chemistry that was there in college is it has continued on to the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. I admit, I thought T Higgins would be the better wide receiver to own in Jamar Chase's first year. Uh, T Higgins got injured and Jamar Chase just jumped on the opportunity. He never really had a slow start. Um, he is the number one wide receiver through first seven games of anyone's career ever. So he's very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't expect this to slow down at all. So in the uh, one league where I own him, it is the Mega Bowl uh, for the fantasy footballer sponsored league. And during the draft, there was a point where a lot of the receivers that I wanted to pick were off the board. It was like the eighth or ninth round. Jamar Chase was there. Jamar Chase's value was at an all-time low um, because of all the preseason reports. And I just in the chat, I was like, F it. You know, Justin Jefferson looked bad in preseason too. And I just took Jamar Chase. And I said that like as kind of like a joke, kind of as a meme, like, oh yeah, like Jamar Chase is going to be like Justin Jefferson. And here he is blowing Justin Jefferson's already <laughs> insane rookie record out of the water. So yeah. lesson learned, like, you know, I think like preseason camps are relevant for emerging players. Like, you know, Elijah Mitchell looked really good in preseason and stuff like that. But, you know, if, if a, a, number five overall draft pick is struggling in preseason. He might just be, you know, warming up after not playing football for a while and getting ready to, uh, you know, take the league over. So yeah. Uh, lesson learned kind of there on preseason reports. Yeah, definitely bought into that a little too much. Um, and that's all right. We learn from our mistakes. Jamar Chase, extremely good receiver, great at football. I, I admit what I'm wrong, and I was definitely wrong. Uh, he's, I've heard a discussion that he might be the number one wide receiver in Dynasty as well. Like I uh, saw that. I saw that. I, um, I think the case can be made, man. He's the, I, I, yeah, absolutely. he's very young. He's he's paired with the like CD Lamb is kind of up there for me. Yeah, I would agree. Um, 
but it's close between like those two, you know, but here's the thing. Would you trade, like, what about, would you trade Jamar Chase for Najee Harris? If you had Jamar Chase? Oh, probably not just because yeah, there's going to be a quarterback change in, in Pittsburgh after this year. Like I just want, the assurance of Jamar Chase will be paired with Joe Burrow for like five years. And I don't see why that is a bad thing in any of those five years. And we don't know what Najee Harris's workload will look like with a different quarterback necessarily, because he's just getting so many targets and the Steelers offensive line is not, not doing him any favors. He's working against that. So there's a lot, a lot more like outside factors to Najee Harris's five-year outlook, even three-year outlook, and uh, Jamar Chase just seems like a shoe in at this point. He's a wide receiver one guaranteed for the next few years, I think. So you know that I obviously have uh, designs on trying to get another dynasty league going next year, a mm-hmm. super like the Superflex one. If that league say say it does it did a sneak draft, would Jamar Chase go one one hundred one for you? No, um, you think Patrick Mahomes still would, or or uh, Josh Allen, or Kyler Murray, someone of that ilk. Yeah, I think it could happen in some in some drafts, but there's still there's still just a scarcity of running backs and a scarcity of top tier young quarterbacks. But mm-hmm. I think I think you know Jonathan Taylor could be in that conversation with how he's looked recently. Um, yeah, any Josh Allen or Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes are in the consideration, but I believe you can find a good quarterback a little later, and he's definitely in contention though. Um, it depends on your league because I feel like Dynasty, you can pivot a lot of ways if you're doing snake draft, but he's definitely in the conversation, which is pretty cool. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I agree. Very nice. Very cool to watch. All right. Uh, do you have any other winners here? I have a few, but I don't want to, you know, go too long here so I can go through mine quick. Uh, what else do you got? Yeah, I'll go through mine quick as well. Cooper Cup, he's amazing. Uh, he's really good. Uh, oh, let's just go back and forth rapid fire. That'll be kind of fun. All right, yeah, you're next. Go. Okay, Zach Ertz, Yak Zach, longer than any reception in his Eagles career. Pretty insane. Nice, yeah. nice touchdown on his part. DeAndre Swift, uh, I definitely underrated him going into the season. Didn't expect the Lions to actually have anything to do on offense, and he's getting a lot of targets. Good to see. Yeah, and, and to that point, Dan Campbell for calling an insane game with all the uh, – that was awesome. Yeah, was fun to watch. very fun to watch. All right. Uh, also, speaking fun to watch, uh, Sunday Night Football Watchers were winners because, man, that Ayuk Muff punt was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but he just no. – like, It was like a, a bomb cyclone, terrible rainstorm. Um, yeah. He muffs the punt and chases it backwards like 20 yards into the end zone and then gets tackled in the end zone for a touchback. So it, they ended up getting more yardage than where the ball landed, like had he <laughs> caught it there because of the touchback. But it was just so goofy. Um, who, who, who's next on your list? Uh, it's Khalil Herbert, uh, rookie running yeah. back from the Chicago Bears. He was the only shining light on that Bears offense. Uh, this Sunday when they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he rushed for a hundred yards. I think he's the only one to do that between this season and last season. Sorry. There's one other person. I think it might've been, I don't know, Kamara or, or no, it was Dalvin cook. Dalvin cook was the only one to rush for a hundred yards against the bucks in this first half of the season and last season combined. Khalil Herbert did it as a sixth round rookie running back. I believe he had 18 carries for a hundred yards exactly. And I think five, targets for five receptions for another 20 to 30 yards like nobody expected that uh, damian williams was activated off the covid list i, I didn't we... oh, well i wouldn't say no one okay well all right I, i'll say the consensus was <laughs> that we couldn't expect this based yeah. on just the process of you oh, definitely not the success against the bucks i would say that's but, yeah but I mean, Khalil herbert context. taking over the running back room i think uh i think was evident from like his gameplay like he he looks good to me he looks like easily the guy that's going to be like you know they don't have Tariq Cohen right now and he he's he's not Tariq Cohen but he can kind of fill that role in spelling David Montgomery he's just so sharp out there yeah I do believe he has earned the running back two role behind David Montgomery whenever he comes back and that sucks for Montgomery owners but at the at the end of the day it's pretty cool to see a guy drafted late have success there 
Absolutely. Uh, I'll shout out Elijah Mitchell. Basically the exact same situation as Khalil Herbert right now. Don't need to go into detail. Weird situation was, I mean, uh, Elijah Mitchell got, I think, 17 carries in that game for like something like 100 yards and a touchdown, maybe 90 yards and a touchdown. I can't remember exactly. But he wasn't used a lot in the same. Then they were using like Jermichael Hasty in like the second half of the game. It was really mm-hmm. strange uh, the the usage there. But seventeen carries is still seventeen carries, and he looked great. Um, all right, I have one more winner on my uh, my list. Anyone? Anyone else you got? Yeah, uh, we haven't shouted out too many quarterbacks, so I'll just throw in Joe Burrow and Tua Tonga Viola. They both had great four touchdown games. Um, it's, it's exactly the performances you wanted to see from them. Tua, you know trying to make a name for himself with all of this. I, I, we didn't even talk about it in the news, but Deshaun Watson trade rumors are are uh, fluttering abound in the league. So that could happen this week. Keep an eye out. Miami is one of the options there, but two of making his best case against that, trying to prove that he's worth it. And he had a good game. He was uh, yeah. BFF's like, top three rated quarterback on the week. Joe Burrow, also stud quarterback. He's finally getting into the swing of things after his recovery from that knee injury. Love to see it. This could be a great offense for the next five to 10 years. Yeah, the Deshaun Watson rumors, uh, like Miami essentially increased their trade value of Tua, and the Panthers had a deeper realization (laughs) that Darnold is not the guy. So um, that's probably why it's kind of heating up there. All right, last guy on my list is Hunter Henry. Four touchdowns in the past four weeks. Yeah, and kind of surprising. I believe Johnny Smith did leave the game with some type of injury. I don't remember what it was, but if we do know that Johnny Smith is out, then Hunter Henry is probably a great tight end streamer for the next few weeks and potentially beyond. All right, let's get into centers. Uh, can I go first here? Yes. Allen Robinson. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is Allen Robinson's matchup. This is the one. Oh, that offense, man. Justin Fields, just just wait till you see Justin Fields throwing <sighs> against the terrible – Bucks defense. This is where Allen Robinson gets his mojo back. Nice trade, Dane. Way to sell out to try and beat yeah. me up by Apocalypse to get 2.6 points. But Allen Robinson. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't because of Allen Robinson. And <laughs> no, now, it was not. <laughs> yeah, but like, how does that help you going forward? It does not. Yeah, exactly. It potentially gets me in the playoffs. <laughs> like here I am sitting here. Yeah, I may be one and seven, but my choice of keepers going to next year, I got Kadarius Tony, I got Javante Williams. I've got riches galore. You know, I'm the man winning the war to losing the battles to win the war. And here we go, selling out, selling out to beat a team. You do not sell out to beat. I'm like eighth in points for if that, you know. <laughs> you crushed me. What do you want? <laughs> Alan Robinson, he's a drop candidate. It's it, it is yeah, he is on it's, my drop list. But wait, I do want to terrible uh pivot that into not just crushing you, the bears in general. Um, so I like a bunch of them hit the COVID list today, like including Matt Nagy. And then oh yeah, that's right. I don't I don't know if you saw the quotes from uh, Justin Fields, but he said he threw like a pick early on that was from a quick snap that he thought was a free play because he got like a message in his headset that there were 12 players on the field, yeah. which, which there were not. And I guess that's the second time that's happened. And then he also didn't know his right tackle was going to be out until like minutes before the game, because he had seen him in game planning meetings leading up to the game. It's just like, what, what is going on in Chicago? Yeah. The top center for me was the bears, except for Khalil Herbert. Yeah. (laughs) Except for Khalil Herbert. (laughs) He had a great game. Got to give him props. So he's excluded from this, uh, this cluster of uh, just terrible performance. Just they're so inept at playing football right now. It's, it's kind of crazy to watch like Matt Nagy. It's amazing. He still has his job this far into the season. I think like, there's you no know, way he's. You know why Matt Nagy has his job right now? I bet it's because he was like, "Oh, I'm not ready to start Justin mm-hmm. Fields," and then it's like, got, "Now look, I was right. I was right. Yeah, yeah. That's probably it. Get him out of there. Yeah. Who, who else is on your list? Sam Darnold, who we just touched on. Man, he had two yeah. point. All I needed points. to beat you was like an average quarter, like an average 15 point quarterback performance, and maybe I could get it done with Tyler Lockett tonight. And Sam Darnold scores. 
Two points. Two points. Yeah. yeah the, the real difference in our matchup was I streamed the right quarterback and you streamed the worst one. And it, yeah. it just, yeah. I just lucked out there because everything else was not working in my favor. Like I'm about to win our week with 85 points. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's terrible. I'm not proud of that. It's like the second lowest score in our league. And the I mean, lowest one is you. <laughs> to be fair, you know, like you picked the right matchup. Like I thought like we both targeted matchups that we thought were going to be good for those quarterbacks. And, uh, it, for a while, it looked like it was not going to work out for either of us. And then, and then Tua just kind of started lighting it up. And mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of cool to watch. But yeah, well, not cool from a fan of my, my team perspective, but yeah. from just watching that game. But yeah, Sam Darnold, like, man, they said he's still the quarterback. I mean, obviously, P.J. Walker didn't look any better, but that was... No, he was worse. Yeah. The Giants are not a good defense. Like, this is, this is not good. Yeah, red alert in Carolina. Now they're being lumped in with the Deshaun Watson rumors as well for potentially trying to acquire him before this trade deadline. Trade deadline for the NFL is November 2nd, by the way, so uh, that will happen very soon. All right. Well, uh, getting into uh, another team that's on red alert, the Chiefs. At my home, just playing like bad Russell Wilson right now, just like trying to make these plays happen out of structure, just bombing stuff down the, the field bad throws bad judgment he looked a little bit like Carson Wentz last year like in the mm-hmm. way that he was just kind of make stuff happen like trust in Andy Reid take what's there matriculate down the field or whatever it's called you know it's crazy what's going on right there I, he, I've like he's just pressing it's the definition of pressing like he and I think mm-hmm. he even admitted that after the game that he's just trying to make big plays happen but it's not working the defense is truly abysmal probably the worst defense in the in the league maybe the eagles are obviously up there as well as in a couple other teams but man chiefs probably not going to make the playoffs and uh i think they can write the shipping at least get a wild card they they're hard pressed now that the chargers are showing out in their division and uh i don't know the i guess the raiders have a potential shot at that as well but I just believe that Patrick Mahomes is talented enough and smart enough to realize what he's doing wrong and be able to fix it in the season. And Andy Reid is a good enough, uh, I say good enough, but he's a great uh, game scripter. Like he can, he can write the ship, I believe. So they're what? They're two and three and three and four. They're three and four. All right. So let's go through their their schedule real quick. They play the Giants. That's a win. Four and four. Then they play, then they play the Packers. Tough game. Yeah, so tough that could game. be a loss. Then they play the Raiders, another tough game. Tough they, game. Cowboys. They need to win that. Yeah. Yeah. Then they play the Cowboys. Oh no. <laughs> and then they play the Broncos. Then they get a little bit of a respite. But but the Broncos aren't. You know, they're not a, a, a pushover team. They could put up a fight. Then they play the Raiders again. Then they play the Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, who we must remember are now good. And then they play the Broncos again. So they basically have two maybe three easy-ish games if you count the Steelers as easy uh, all their defense the Steelers defense is playing really good so with that defense it's harder than it looks to get to the playoffs yeah that's fair I think yeah we have to reassess what we think about the Chiefs team right now because I believe going into the season they were like the betting odds for how many games they win I believe it was over or under uh, 12 and a half or something like that so they were supposed to have a really good winning season, and now here they are through seven weeks. They're down a game, three and four. And like you just pointed out, they don't have a juicy uh, week schedule coming up. So they really just have to do it themselves rather than being handed a win. And you you nailed it as well. The Chiefs defense, I think, ranks 32nd out of 32 teams in like six different categories, whether it's yards allowed, first downs allowed, passing defense, rushing defense. Like it's just all around terrible. In fantasy, I'm not panicking though on the Chiefs going forward. I think right altogether, this is a this is a recipe for a lot of fantasy production. If Patrick Mahomes can, you know, kind of square up and take what's given and not mm-hmm. play hero ball, which I, I think he totally can. I mean, I think this is going to be fine. Um, but yeah, from from an NFL perspective, not looking good for the Chiefs. Um, any, anyone else on your centers list here? Uh, I do have Julio Jones on here. I'm looking up his stat line right now. He just hasn't really been. So he was, oh, this is on the whole year. Let me check that for week seven. Really prepared for this uh, Julio Jones segment. Yeah. Well, I knew it was rough and it was two catches for 38 yards. So he's been dealing with a hamstring injury the past couple of weeks, but 
when you win 27 3 against the Chiefs and he's in a game up, where you can do anything, they didn't go to Julio Jones. Yeah, we just talked about the Chiefs' vulnerable, terrible defense, and Julio Jones was just not a part of that victory at all. And it, it's tough to, to tell you what to do with him. I think you have to kind of hold him, but if somebody's still high on his name, then then you can look to move him. But uh, I don't know. He just hasn't been what you thought he was. He was drafted, I believe, as like the 15th through 18th wide receiver off the draft board this last year. So that's yeah. rough. I think we both expected good things from Julio Jones, and he has not been what we thought. I don't know if we mentioned A.J. Brown in our winners column, but he had a good game. He is um, absolutely a winner, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Also in the centers, Washington football game for like the worst red zone performances I have ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like they they were they could have beat the Packers. They, they, were the, yeah. they were in the red zone. So I, I feel like every time I looked at red zone, the television show, they were in it and then they were failing. They Tyler Haneke did that embarrassing Lambo leap on a touchdown that was called back. Like yeah. it was just a rough, rough showing where they could not convert bad game for Antonio Gibson owners. Terry McLaurin of course is, is a beast and we'll, we'll get his. So that's nice. But the overall ceiling of the Washington football team uh, is kind of capped with Taylor Heineke at the, at the helm. Yeah. You said it. Uh, uh, Antonio Gibson owners definitely approaching the panic button at this point with mm-hmm. the lingering shin injury and the workload that we're seeing him split with JD McKissick, even on non third downs. I don't think he had a single third down, but I didn't bet that, but it, it's, it's very just, reminiscent of Miles Sanders where it's like, he looks yeah. good and the efficiencies there, but the usage yeah. is not. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not using him in the way that they could to reach his full potential. And now that he's got the lingering shin injury, it's just, it's a ship that probably can't be righted this year. Just yeah. And the value, like you're not going to get value for him. So you just got to hold uh, any other centers on your list here. No, that was it. I try to keep it short, but there's definitely more that we could mention if we wanted to like Brandon cooks had a pedestrian week, five catches for 21 yards. Pretty terrible. Yeah. Davis mills is bad. Eagles offense was bad. Jets offense was bad. Um, Kyle Rudolph. Did you see that? Like Kyle Rudolph also had kind of an embarrassing Almost touchdown. That could have been a touchdown if he just gave a little more I did not. effort. Yeah, he just kind of like ran along the sideline for a little bit and then sort of dove, but his knee was down similar to Heineke's. Um, you know what I did want to shout out? This is not really relevant of everything, but uh, relevant of, I don't know, I forget the phrase, but Giants wide receivers seem to be like plug and play if you need a, like a wide receiver three or a flex. Like I got, I started Darius Slayton. I was, happy i think i got like nine points out of it which is fine for a waiver wire pickup uh dante pettis caught a touchdown it's Mm -hmm. evan ingram had a good game for you know a waiver wire pickup tight end it seems that there's enough volume to go around that like if these injuries kind of continue and you don't know who's going to be there now when everyone's healthy obviously sterling shepherd Kadarius tony saquon barkley those are the guys but we don't Kenny know. Galladay. What, what are your thoughts about Kenny Galladay? As well? I, I kind of forget that he exists. Yeah, he should be yeah, back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess he is kind of the, yeah. So it's it's like, it seems like whoever is playing is worth starting. I guess not Kenny Galladay, though, because he hasn't, he wasn't even good when he was healthy, right? Right. Yeah. You know, shout out me. I was so low on Kenny Galladay. I had him as my wide receiver, I think 33 going into the preseason. And that will be. <laughs> he might not even hit that. Yeah, he's not with, even going to get there. With yeah. how many games he's missing, and he hasn't just commanded a role in the offense yet. And I believe Kadarius Tony is, you know, their most talented wide receiver at this point. Sterling Shepard is their volume guy, kind of like Deontay Johnson in this offense. Kadarius Tony will be their explosive player. And he, yeah, I'm excited for him to come back from injury. All right, you ready to pivot to waivers? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. Obviously, are both relevant now. Sanders injury. Um, Eileen Kenny Gainwell. He seems to be the guy that they want to go with, the guy that's getting the receiving work. But he is a rookie. They do like Boston Scott. Boston Scott, despite being a, a short guy, is kind of a thicker, low center of gravity, goal line kind of player. And you saw him get a couple of goal line rushes on uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I think you know if you're looking for a start, Boston Scott's worth picking up. But definitely prioritize Kenny Gainwell. Um, solid player um, should should catch a lot of short targets. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Kenneth Gainwell is 
is the guy on the third down. So he's going to be the one getting the targets, getting the receiving yardage, and he's probably the better play in half and full PPR, but Boston Scott will get some goal line work that takes away from Kenneth Gainwell's upside. Uh, I would lean Kenneth Gainwell just because I believe he's a more explosive asset to that team. I mean, Boston Scott's first carries came on this game, you know? Exactly. He was only called upon when um, Miles Sanders went out and Kenneth Gainwell up to this point has been involved in the offense as a rookie, which is, you know, not something you often see right in week one and two and three from a rookie running back when you do have a good running back in Miles Sanders. So I I believe just have more confidence in how they'll use Kenny Gainwell uh, going forward than I do. I, I just think Boston Scott is the floor play here. Kenneth Gainwell is the ceiling play. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. And then for me, I have, those were my top two ads, I believe. Um, And then Khalif Raymond is worth a look at wide receiver. He is the Detroit Lions wide receiver who, uh, who was their wide receiver one this week. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was blanketed by uh, Jalen Ramsey for part of the game. So he just, he never caught a single ball. And not to say that that's prescriptive of what it will look like going forward, but um yeah, Khalif Raymond, he looked, he looked serviceable as a wide receiver. He got uh, six for 115 is, is what he had on the on the week. So he, he looks good enough that, you know, he's a he's a good flex play in a plus matchup, and that, that's about what I think you're expecting from receivers on the waiver wire this week. I don't think there's any, like, pivotal guy. Well, they, the Giants or the Lions play the Eagles too, so it's a great matchup. Good point. Yeah. Do you have a receiver that's a higher priority than him? Like, I'm not saying Rashad Bateman is, is there. Oh yeah, I would. I would probably take Rashad Bateman over him. That's a good point. And if uh, uh, would you take Alan Lazard over him this week? If you're looking for a spot start and it's not a guy you need for, yeah, yeah, I would. Um, yeah. If I, I would, if I'm trying to win game a game this week, I take Alan Lazard. But if I want a player that could be relevant as a flex across the season, then yeah, I would say, uh, I would say I would go, uh, Khalif Raymond, uh, CJ Azuma. I think we got a shout out at this point. I mean, yeah. he's six, yeah, six, he's, he's very athletic. He, 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 if he scores, you know, he, he's like a score or bust tight end, but he's scoring a lot and we can't discount that. Um, it, it seems like Burrow likes to go to him, especially on kind of like plays where he he can find him over the middle of the field after like a broken pocket situation because he's a big player that he can find it just out there in motion. So uh, yeah, I I like uh, Azuma as a top wafer ad because you're probably struggling at tight end just based on statistics. Yeah. He's, he's the tight end ad for me as well. I had him on my list. Um. I I did want to say, don't waste a claim on Brandon Bolden. That's how I feel as well. Yeah, we had last-minute warning that Ramondre Stevenson was inactive for the Patriots, and then Brandon Bolden did look good and had a good game for the Patriots. But, I mean, it's just kind of playing with fire if you're rostering anyone other than Damian Harris in that backfield. Damian Harris does look like he is the real deal, and I don't doubt him going forward, especially with with any plus matchup left on the the year for him. Like, he's probably – a great play for the rest of the season, presuming he's healthy. And I love what I'm seeing out of him as a Pats fan, but yeah, uh, Brandon Bolden, he's going to get some work. He's a guy that Bill Belichick loves because Bill Belichick loves special teams and he's a special teams player. So, you know, he's getting some work because he's great at pass protection or at least better than Ramondre Stevenson. I believe that is why they went that route. Um, Yeah. I don't think he's worth like, I don't think he's worth an add in, even they just do leagues. different stuff with running back every week, and it's not as easy to predict as like you might think it is. You know, yeah. You're I mean, hoping, this is not news, but yeah, exactly. You're hoping that he's James White, but he just is not, and he's getting close to the workload and close to the output. But unless you're in like a full PPR twelve or fourteen team league, you shouldn't even consider. Okay, like it. Um, I think we already mentioned this, but if Kenyon Drake has been dropped, he's worth a claim, especially with Jacobs out, and then. Um, we normally do like streamers, secure quarterback streamers later, but just because they're matchups, they could be in the waiver area. So I did want to shout out Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. Both have great matchups. Uh, Wentz is playing the Titans and Jones is playing the Chiefs, which should be 
I think, a, a pretty high-scoring game from the Giants and one which I would love to see the Giants upset the Chiefs, even though oh. I hate the Giants. I doubt just for the chaos of it all, that would be that would be pretty fun. And yeah, yeah the only drop I have is Allen Robinson. Yeah, Allen Robinson and Brandon Ayuk probably. And... Oh, yeah, definitely Ayuk. Ayuk is uh, definitely in the doghouse after oh, that, uh, that punt, yeah. Yeah, I saw someone say this was the funeral of Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's potentially true. He, uh, even Shanahan is saying, like, I love the kid, but he needs to start grinding. Like, he's apparently just not impressing the coaches in play in uh, practice and just not putting in enough work to really prove himself worthy of game time uh, plays. So, yeah, he seems like he'll be traded for like a fifth round pick before the trade deadline or something. It like could that. happen. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, would be cool to see because he's t- definitely talented, but sometimes a change of scenery can help. All right. Do you have any other uh, waiver wire situations to talk about as we close this thing out? Uh, just the streamers of the week. I did have Daniel Jones as my quarterback streamer of the week. Like you said, they play Kansas City, who is ranking last in many, many categories on defense. Uh, and then the Bengals defense, if they were dropped against their matchup against the Ravens, they are proving to be a real defense. Um and the Steelers or Bills defense, if they were dropped, are also pretty decent options you should look at as well. The Bengals are crazy. Like everyone, they brought in these players and everyone was like, yeah, they brought in all these average players to plug these holes. And it's like they're just getting maximum production out of those players. It's crazy. So yeah. uh, I, I've always thought the Bengals were a gar- garbage organization with uh, a garbage head coach and we're slowly being proven wrong. Although a lot of that has to do, of course, with the talent of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Find us on YouTube this Sunday, 1145, Sunday mass fun time. Help you all set your lineups. Um, sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. We did shout out some players that were relevant on this Sunday. It was a good Sunday for us in terms of getting that stuff right. So, uh, yeah, tune in. And then of course, uh, are we doing a Thursday episode? Yeah. Okay, cool. It wasn't on the doc. So I just wanted to make, Oh yeah. Yeah. My bad. I didn't No, no, no worries. I just wanted to make sure, uh, for some reason that wasn't off the table. So yeah. And then, uh, we'll be doing our typical Thursday episode with uh, some kind of special segment that I'm sure will be fun. And hopefully Halloween costumes on our Sunday live stream. That would be fun. I, I will probably still be wearing mine from the night before going to a party. Full disclosure, might still be wearing the costume at 1145 a.m. Eastern time. We'll see how that goes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm doing a small Halloween thing on Sunday night. Uh, I'm going to be the, uh, well, should I tell you what I'm going to be? Or should we just like surprise each other on Sunday? Let's surprise each other on Sunday. Cause I don't want to tell you yet either. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, uh, at Fantasy Bible, <laughs> at Fantasy Bible Pod, you you guys already know it. Uh, that's where you can find us on the internet, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for or joining us. Next uh, later this week. Yep, yep. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> We've done this before. All right. Wait, Friday. We record yeah. Thursday. Yeah, Friday. we record Thursday, and it comes out on Friday. Yep. Yeah. See you. Hey, see no. you. Friday. Right. See ya. <laughs>